Um, welcome back to the Wrong Advice Podcast. I'm your host, John Picciuto, and I'm very excited to have my good friend, the one and only Jess Licata, on the line with us today. Jess, how you doing, my friend? I am wonderful, John. How are you? Thank you for having me here. Oh, I'm doing so well. I'm so happy to have you. Can you give a uh, quick introduction to the listeners? Yes, listeners. My name is Jessica Licata, and I'm a photographer based in New York and also a filmmaker. Very awesome. Um, I met you, I don't know, let's say two months ago, three months ago via the interwebs, which is Mm -hmm. where like 95% of my Twitter guests are stemming from (laughs) these days, which I find wildly amazing and also hilarious at the same time. Um, But photographer and assistant director and New York based, tell me about your life. How did you get started in photography? Oh, goodness. Um, I first started picking up a camera. I'm going to say 2016 or 17. I can't remember the exact date. Um, I was influenced by, you know, these vlogs with travel video and photography. And I was just like, I want to create memories like this with my friends and just live life to the fullest because my childhood was not the greatest. So I was in the process actually becoming a police officer around that time before I picked up the camera before. And as I picked up the camera, um, I hated it, the process. Um, I failed a part of the test, and I was like, thank fucking God. So I picked up a camera. I was like, I'm going to go to film school. So I went to film school for a year, dropped out, hated it. It wasn't good for me. Um, I kind of am not kind of. I am self-taught. Um, I have been on many sets before. I learned more on sets than I have in school. Yeah. In school, just, you know, the education just wasn't that well. And just from there I've grown so much and just try to just build my portfolio with friends or just like a day going out and hitting the record button and see what composition I liked and just constant like free work, you know, shooting again with friends and built on my portfolio. Um, and now I shoot on the side still for friends. Um, I do a lot of BTS. I still do first AC. I first, I first AC, I do second AC for even short films. Um, and some uh, documentaries as well. Um, so yeah, right now I'm still doing it, and freelancing is a tough, a tough act right now mm-hmm. in New York City. And you know, it's just highs and lows and stuff like that. But um, yeah, now here I am, about six years later. That's awesome. Photography and video, yeah. So I did a little BTS job. I want to say January, February. Okay. It was something, uh, certainly a learning experience. Uh, it wasn't mm-hmm. a movie or a TV show. It was a web series, um, and I think the experience reflected as much. Uh, low budget, um, very uh, long days. Um, <laughs> it was something. We'll get into that yeah. maybe offline. Um, yeah. But obviously from <laughs> Police Academy to photographer, videographer, director, it's a massive shift. So yes. How did you kind of start the route of being a police officer to then realizing like that wasn't sort of your journey? Um, growing up, I um, I didn't really have much control over my life coming from a conservative family of having to work for corporate or, you know, for one k nine to five, weekends off, same shit for 40, 45 years. And um, I thought that that was okay with me because I'm like, Oh, what do I know? You know, like my, my family can direct me, like I'll be fine. And I didn't like it coming to realization that it was not for me. And I'm just like, this is something I really don't want to do. 
And, you know, people are like, oh, yeah, I can see you as a police officer, blah, blah, blah. In reality, if I got the job, I would probably quit within two years or probably a year. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I just saw myself behind a camera for the rest of my life. And here I am. Did you, do, the... did you do photography and stuff like as a kid? Nope. Wow. I started like 21, 22. Just so like started fucking around up, for fun. Just fucking around for fun just experiencing it with my friends, basically just creating memories and have fun. That's all I wanted to do. Like, I didn't care about like, Oh, I picked this up. I'm going to make money. Hell no. I was like, I'm going to go create memories. I'm going to go grow as an artist and as a photographer and see what I can do with it and see what I can accomplish. That's fucking awesome. I mean, wow. I I pushed myself crazy. (laughs) I mean, that's crazy. Yeah. That's awesome. Uh, I mean like my journey here has been, without question the exact opposite because while I I, I, we, I found out recently like when my parents sold their house that I did take a ton of photos as a kid like I was always having my mom buy me like 35 millimeter disposables and I found mm-hmm. like all these pictures that I had printed from like fucking Broadway photo and video RIP um, oh as God. a kid you know what I mean and it was funny I was like wow how come no one like let me know this at a younger age that this was like something that I was into because I really fell into it when I lost my job during the pandemic and I, I like yeah. went on this soul-searching mission to kind of find out but like to, to me it sounds like you kind of have always had this ingrained passion and love for the art yeah I um I I I don't know what it was. It was this one video that my friend showed me of this, you know, influencer, like travel vlog person. I watched it and like immediately I'm like, this is it. I want to do this. I want to make some cool shit and have fun. That's fucking and that was awesome. It. And try to like put myself into it. Like I always wanted to make stuff that's beautiful because of my trauma. So I just, it was, it's just all beautiful stuff. I want to make kind of like beautiful disasters or, um, something dark or something great. I don't know. So, yeah. I'm, you know, emotional trauma aside. Um, when I look at your work, I don't see that much of a darkness. I, I think actually when I think about it, I do see a little bit of moodiness and then like, there's always that like focal point of like, whether it I'm thinking in my head of that one image of you had a, a woman in a, in a lake or a pond or something mm-hmm. and it was like very dark and moody, but like she was very bright. I can kind of see that now. Um, that's super interesting. Did you, when you started this journey, have like the support from family and friends in terms of like chasing this dream or? Mm, um, uh, in a way, I was, I think my family is kind of, of envious a little bit mm-hmm. because I literally just put my foot down and didn't listen to anyone. And I was just like, um, it's, I'm going to drive this now. This is mine. This is my path. This is my life. I got it. Um, financially, I wasn't supportive, uh, wasn't supported, but, you know, I mean, I, I had explained to my dad, I was like, oh, I can do this. This is a possibility. And that's a possibility. Oh, it doesn't include insurance and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, I don't know. Like, I'm kind of doing this by myself. And he has no idea what production is. Mm-hmm. So um, that's kind of how it went. So I kind of did it all by myself, like, you know, searching for schools. Like, no one helped me with that. I did everything by myself. That's, I mean, that, I give a lot of credit for that because that's not easy. Yeah. I mean, yeah. and there's a lot, a lot of... of expensive schools out there too. And I'm like, <laughs> I can't afford this. I'm literally self-taught. Like I, the tutorials and just going out there, it's just trial and error, trial and error, trial and error. And I think that was the best way for me to learn. I, I'd learned the exact same way. Mostly YouTube and 
Like yeah. I'm just following people on Instagram. And if they had a YouTube channel, I mean, I had a buddy of mine on the podcast who, you know, uh, Tyler James firsthand account. Mm-hmm. I mean, when I, when I first started getting to photography, he was one of the first people I saw on YouTube. And a lot of his videos were very informative and helpful and kind of started me on this whole crazy sort of, you know, mm-hmm. journey of where I'm at. Yeah. Um, it's been that a was we- great. Yeah, no, he's the man. Um, it's been a weird journey for sure. Because like, for me, I have such a hard time trying to figure out like where my place is, right? So like, NFT photography is incredibly crazy and a whirlwind. And then also the competitive landscape of just being a freelance photographer. How do, yeah. you, how do you sort of deal with like, there's constant pressure to be something on social media, constant pressure to be something in real life, you know, from a freelance and working perspective? Like, how do you kind of juggle all of those stresses? I don't know, honestly. I wish I gave a complete answer. As I take a sip of wine. <laughs> I was thinking about cracking a beer, but um, I think I'm going to work out a little bit after this. But um, mentally, it's 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 hard because they'll be like a whole month while I'm working. And then the first two, three weeks of another month, I don't have work. Mm-hmm. And then I'm waiting a 30 to 60 day grace period for payment. Mm-hmm. And I'm looking at my bank account. I'm like, am I going to afford rent right now? Yeah. Also being 15 to 20 K in debt. Yeah. So it's definitely mentally, mentally exhausting and trying to figure out how I'm going to make more money is very stressful for me because I was always raised money, money sensitive Mm -hmm. as in like, save your money, save your money, save your money, blah, 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 this and that, which is not a bad thing, but, um, I just send out emails almost every day. I follow up with people I already work with. I post something on Instagram. Um, and usually people get back to me, but then now I'm actually applying to bartend again. Oh, wow. Because my rent went up, and I know one day this is going to fully support me where I don't have to have two other jobs. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it's it's only, it's my first, second year still in New York City and Brooklyn, so I'm still getting my name out there. So it's going to take a minute, but um, I also started a little bit later in my life because, again, I had no idea what I wanted to do. So it might take some time. Um, so, yeah, I just constantly just push my name out there. Yeah, It's exhausting, but, like, I, I have to do it. Like, I have to do it. Well, if you don't have work ethic, you can't be successful in this industry, and it obviously yeah. sounds like you do. Um, but talk to me about the realization of, like, whether it was your first or second time on set or – you know, the first time you looked at the back of your LCD and, and saw like a, a banger photo, like what did that feeling sort of feel like inside of you when it felt like, to me, I call it like home. Like I figured out very, very early on in my career when I saw like one of the very first photos that I loved that I took that this was for me. Um, so it felt like home to me, like, you know, my family, my, my relatives, like, mm-hmm. you know, Sunday night dinner, that's what it felt like. Like I got that internalized sort of feeling from creating something. Um, I love that. What was that feeling like for you when you sort of had that realization that this was what you wanted to spend your life doing? Um, I can't even like, I can't even say my first photo like made me want to do that. Um, Cause I know I had a lot of work to do with my first shoot. So my first, I wanted to do production first, like DP, first AC, second AC, see how that went. And then I drifted into photography. So um, I only had maybe three solid shoots, like on set, me as a photographer. I've been doing a lot of photo assists as well, just like still learning lighting and strobes and all that. I'm used to continuous since Mm -hmm. 2017, just around the sun or like inside somewhere, 
or whatever. But um, I just knew as soon as I picked up my camera and just started snapping away. I don't think a certain photo was like, yes, this is what I'm going to do like forever. I think it was just the feeling of taking control over my life um, and really loving what I was about to do mm-hmm. in production. But I don't know. Video is, is, is definitely more my side, but right now I'm getting more photo jobs, but video is definitely something I could see myself doing further down the line, maybe even both. Mm-hmm. Cause I, I just do, I do a lot. I do a lot in production. Like I said, um, I think being on set, honestly, I think being on set with my friend, Ryan, who I work with right now, um, Long story short, his uncle was best friends with my mom, and then him and I realized that his uncle and my mom hung out, and then now we're best friends. That's awesome. Which is which is pretty cool. He's a director, um, and I think the first time I've been on set with him, my first time on set was 2018. Like, a legit set was 2018, so not too long ago. Yeah. And then I was on it, and I'm like, this is really, really cool. I can see myself doing this. And then I moved up for PA to first AC, like without being in the union wow. pretty quickly, yeah. which I think is pretty impressive. Um, yeah. I don't know everything yet. Um, being first AC is pretty tough because you got to know like all your camera equipment, all that technical nerdy stuff. <laughs> I'm super curious how you deal with like pressure and confidence because like in a heavily male dominated industry, you're, uh, yeah. yeah. How do you like how do you like build up confidence, like doing something for the first time or how do you deal with confidence issues when you're feeling like a fraud and imposter syndrome and all that shit? Um, well, on set, it's, it's, it's been mostly men. It's been not like 98.9% men (laughs) and like walking on a set. I'm like, all right, let's go. Like, I don't give a shit if you're whatever this, this, that, like we're going to do this as a team. Mm Mm-hmm. And we're going to kill it on set. Like I was also raised, not raised, but I was, I was also grown up into, um, not into, I'm sorry. I was uh, a huge tomboy as a kid. So I hung out with all the dudes all the time. So it's not really that, it's really not that intimidating for me. So I was just like, whatever, like, here we go. Yeah. And grain yourself it, easily. Yeah. Yeah. Um, pressure wise, there's still some terms I don't know in production. So, like, I asked confidently. Mm-hmm. I mean, if they answer back being a dickhead, then I'll say something. <laughs> but I'm not afraid to ask questions. I'm still, like, a green first AC. Um, still kind of green second AC. Um, but, yeah, I'm just, like, I, if there's a camera I don't know from a day before, and they tell me what camera we're dealing with, I look it up, try to look up, like, what settings, like, where the settings are in the camera, like, tutorials for, like, two hours, whatever, and learn it. And that's really it. Wow. But uh, what was the last question you asked about imposter syndrome? It was just like how you deal with all that. Like when you're thrust into like, I, I tell a story often, like when I was on set for the first time and I was in charge, mm-hmm. I got like this, like I had like a hot flash and I was like, holy fuck, dude, what are you doing? Like you mm-hmm. do not belong here. What are you doing? And then like mm-hmm. I took the first picture, the strobe fired and I was like, ah, oh, this is the same shit, you know? Yeah. I think, um... I think people expect highly of a photographer, obviously on, on set. It's a big, it's a big, big role. It's, um, you have, I'm on set with this photographer now 
and he has just a lot of responsibility and the technicality of it is pretty crazy and it can be really, really intimidating. But in your situation, sometimes I feel like that. I think doing like my own personal stuff, but like on set when the first time I shot, the energy was insane. Mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, I was like, I fucking got this period. Awesome. But um, even behind the scenes I did for a little like skincare company photos came out fucking phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Like I wasn't, I don't, I don't, when people actually like a delivery, what the certain photos should look like, I have full confidence that I know it's going to, it's going to be really good. That's if awesome. they come back, you know, if they come back with feedback, then like, okay, it doesn't mean that the photo is terrible. It means that this, they want more of this, this and that. Sure. But, um, some, sometimes, you know, I'm just like, am I do like, how am I putting myself into these photos? And then like, you know, us getting sucked into, into social media and, and I don't know how to, I don't know how to explain it, but how you explained it is, um, yeah. Yeah. My biggest thing is, and I'm glad you mentioned that is. When I do work now for myself, not like client work, I'm having a hard time figuring out where I am in the image, right? Like yeah. what what is this? I know how to tell a story with an image, right? Like I know how to pose someone to, you know, dictate the mood or the story that I'm trying to tell. But a lot of times those are not uh, – they're more ancillary to like what I'm trying to say, right? It's like I've come up with a concept. I've come up with an idea and this is what I want to do. And I'm not mm-hmm. there, right? It's just an image. So I struggle with putting my thoughts and my feelings into my work. Um, mm-hmm. And that's something that I, I've been struggling with and, and having to work hard on uh, lately. Mm-hmm. But it's like one I've of those... Been, um, yeah. Go ahead. I was going to say, it's one of those things that like, you know, I haven't been doing this that long. So it takes time to like figure out what your voice is. And I, mm-hmm. my follow-up to that was going to be like how have you been able to identify your voice and the things that you want to convey in your work Hmm. i've never put my personal issues into photos um that represent like me or my childhood or growing up it was just more of i want to make beauty even if it's ugly Hmm. interesting um that kind of represents my life. Um, I did want to get into commercial work as I move forward into into photography and also uh, production because you can come up with some crazy ideas for for brands in production with video. It could be it could be awesome. I seen I've seen some work out there and it's it's a one and tastefully done. But um, I've lost my train of thought a little bit. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so actually being in, in Twitter and the spaces, like people kind of telling their story and being vulnerable in the spaces got me thinking like, I think I'm going to make a project that's going to take me probably six months to a year oh, cool. to make, as it's, again, based on my childhood. Um, I, I think it's it's going to be really, it's really, really powerful and I mean, I is that is that something that you'd like to get into, or something for like another time? No, I think I think um, I can get into it. Yeah, I'm actually really excited for it. I already know what I'm going to shoot on. I already know what I'm going to do, um, but I definitely want to execute it, obviously, the way that I want to. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to do like a little documentary, either a minute or two long. It's going to be in black and white, and it's basically me talking about my traumas happened in the house that I grew up in. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I won't go t- uh, t- <laughs> I won't go too deep down into what has happened, but I'm going to eventually. Mm-hmm. I don't think I'm ready yet, but um, has to do with drug abuse and sexual abusing. Um, and I already know what I want the picture to look like. Um, so I just have to I have to go back to Long Island. I got to drive my car there, basically shoot for the day and for maybe an hour and just like come back home. Um, and yeah, I'm probably going to burn half the photo as well. Oh, I love that. Because I have, I also have really good memories in that house. So half of it, I'm going to have on fire and half of it. I'm not. That's really cool. So, so like 50, 50 was like, okay, but it was a dark, really, really dark years from like the, the 10 years old and forward. I mean, that's pretty incredible. Um, it sounds like you have a distinct ability to articulate the things that you're feeling in your work. Yeah. I think I'm starting to do that now. Um, I mean, sometimes I just shoot just to shoot because I want to have fucking fun. Yeah. And like, you know, I feel tomorrow's, tomorrow isn't promise. And I just want to, I just literally want to take photos and hang out with my friends. Oh, I'm the same way. I mean, I have a shoot tomorrow. There's, there's no idea. It's just, I want to, let's, you're cool. I want to take your picture. Like, let's just fucking, we're let's going, just go. yeah, we're just going to go take pictures because like, I, you know, I'm, I'm a geek about it. It's the thing I love to do most in the world. Like if I can, I'm in the process of figuring out how to make a full living on it. Right. And like yeah. every day go out and get paid to do it, but it's not every day. Right. So there are mm-hmm. other, other times where I want to create and you know, I just got to fucking do it myself. Mm-hmm. I think one it's of true. the I think one of the great things about you mentioned Twitter Spaces, and I think what's sort of like evolving on Twitter right now in general is like this like minded collective of artists who are trying to make their way in the world, um, mm-hmm. and it's cool that like this quote unquote Web three platform or metaverse or whatever the fuck you want to call it has mm-hmm. been able to like create a place for people to display their work and make money mm-hmm. off of it in a way mm-hmm. that there are, were a lot of barriers prior to, um, mm-hmm. you've thankfully had a pretty fucking good week or so in the space. I see. Yeah. Uh, like what was it? Two weeks. Julie bought it. Two yeah. Weeks ago? She bought it around the same time she bought yours. Did she buy one of yours. Who's that? You, oh no, not Julie. Julie. I bought one of Julia's pieces. You bought one of Julie's pieces. Yeah. Okay. Um, but yeah. yeah. And then you sold another piece today, right? I did. That's fucking Cole, awesome. Who I met, yeah, in IRL, I met Cole. He is a sweet bean, sweetheart. I love him so much. Um, I met, I mean, we talked through through Twitter, and I finally met him, and just like a halo just around him. He's <laughs> so wonderful, and I can't wait to see him again. I'm gonna get him a nice, beautiful print for him. Oh, cool. I'm gonna send it out his way because I don't want to send it on a plane with him because it'll get all crumbled and ruined. Mm-hmm. So, um, I'm very grateful. It was a uh, Greg actually placed the bid and then Colt took it over. I know it's then, the second uh, time he's lost out, right? <laughs> yeah. Poor Greg. Poor guy. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Um, but that's got to feel yeah. good, right? Like val- val- <laughs> val- <get laughs> providing validation for your work, right? That external gratification that unfortunately we had, we as artists need. That's got to make you feel like you're doing the right thing. You know, pr- you know, uh, the journey is 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 evolving and going in the right direction. Yeah. Um, I did say this in spaces before. Um, I don't like, I try not to make sales validate my work mm. as an artist or what it's, what it's worth. Like I, I literally half my work on my site 
I done for free. Wow. I done all for free because I just wanted to do it. And now people see my work and how much time and effort I put into it. They're like, I'm going to pay you nothing less like that. So I'm going to pay you. I just got hired the other week to do someone's like disco party. They paid for the film. They paid for the day. Photos came out fucking awesome. Nice. Everyone was happy. So um, it it does get um, what's the word? I hate vocabulary. I'm the worst. <laughs> I guess I guess I'm gonna say heavy. It, it does get little a little heavy, you know, not to see some stuff sell, but like you have to have the mindset of coming into here that your shit might not possibly sell. Sorry, I'm trying to say shit. Your art is not try is um it might not sell. So backtracking like the whole social media thing like instagram is where i started and i barely been on there anymore and now i just post just to have fun i don't give a fuck about likes anymore like i don't care yeah um i just want to i just want to put my stuff out there for people to just like look at it i don't care say whatever if you don't resonate with it it's cool like i'm also like very versatile i'm a mix between portraits and and landscape and experimental and conceptual and i'm doing video and I do events. I do product photography. Like I do all this stuff. So if you got a little carried away, you, uh, <laughs> no, not at all. If you had like your choice, right. Of like a project, right. X, Y, Z person, brand, et cetera, comes to you and is like, Hey, mm-hmm. here's a blank check to do X, Y, Z. What's like your dream gig. Mm. Like, I, I know, definitely will. Like I know for me, like, tour photographer cover of rolling stone like something working in in music or sports um telling a story Uh, honestly same yeah nice okay cool um i i mean i want to do the end goal for me someone asked me this actually a couple people asked me this i think like last month they're like so like what do you want to do like what is your end goal so i think the end goal is being someone's personal photographer it could be a celebrity a musician whoever um someone low-key but who could still obviously pay my rate mm-hmm. i want to just the, the fucking raw moments no photoshop no studio give me a polaroid and some film maybe my digital we can have fun we can become best friends i don't care if we don't fuck with each other then i'll, I'll go to someone else and document on and off stage just like the raw moments of like they're tired they've had a bad day I mean, if they don't want a camera in their face that's cool too tell me to get out of like no i won't do that but um i think just want to be raw with someone who's so look, looked up to in the industry i guess uh i recently just shot for my friend uh lasha who goes by night punk who just played at adc las vegas i think i saw these on twitter yeah so i posted some of them and being on the that stage, shot. the crowd was, shot, yeah, oh. with the with the girl, yeah, that fucking yeah. photo, that photo was fantastic. Yeah, um, I've been going to Webster Hall since I was seventeen years old, mm-hmm. so ten years going back and forth, um, with my truck when I was like seventeen, eighteen, the two thousand one Chevy, <laughs> um, Chevy Blazer, fitting ten people. Dude, in my I had car. a Blazer too. Did you? Yeah. What color? What color? Black Blazer. Oh, I had a tan one. Nice. I had tan interior. <laughs> That's so fun. I had like tan leather interior. That's so funny. Yeah. Um, I beat the shit out of that car, but I got so many parking tickets coming home at five, <laughs> six o'clock in the morning for 10 years straight. And it was like my second home. I was going there every single weekend. 
And I remember being there and seeing the photographers and videographers just run across stage and do stuff and capturing the moment for the artist. And I'm like, I'm going to be, I'm going to do this one day. 10 years later, my friend Lash was like, I want you to shoot this. The budget isn't high. I'm like, dude, don't worry about it. He's one of the purest souls I ever met in my entire life. Um, He's very grateful for what he has in his life. And I got to shot. I got to, you know, shoot him at Webster Hall where I grew up and someone who I have deep love for. And it was just, I was like, this is insane. I would love to go on tour with you. And uh, he's like, eventually, yes. But he's like, right now, I want to be able to pay you your rate and not have to think about it. Yeah. I was like, all right, man, like, I'll I'll be here. Dude, that's and fucking the awesome. The photos came out awesome. So I just, I don't know. I've just been manifesting my way <laughs> the hey, last listen. seven years, six years. Uh, listen, I, uh, I was very much a person who thought all of manifesting and yoga and mindset and coaching and all that stuff was bullshit until I started putting it into my everyday life. And I mm-hmm. manifested the fuck out of my life after mm-hmm. just telling myself that the only thing inhibiting from accomplishing my goals is myself and my mind. Like if I yep. put my mind to the things that I want to do, I'm going to be able to accomplish them. Mm-hmm. I think the For big, sure. I think the biggest thing that I struggle with now in this creative space is my ability to like measure what I consider as success, right? Like, mm-hmm. is it a certain number of followers on Instagram? Is it getting paid a certain, uh, yeah, thumbs down. Is it getting paid a certain <laughs> amount for a shoot? I right? understand though. So like, yeah. I, I think of it like twofold, right? Like obviously I need to live. So, I, you know, I want to have a certain amount of financial freedom being paid and, and earning an income that provides yeah. me the life that I want. But it's also being able to maybe say no to work and like do th- only the things that I want to do and I feel drawn mm-hmm. to doing. How do you measure success in your career? Um, right now, I think I'm successful because I, I'm accomplished what I want to do in my life. I mean, regardless of how much money I have in the bank, which is you know not a lot, but whatever, um, that's going to be temporary because I know I'm gonna. So, something big is coming. I don't know. I feel it. You have to feel it for it to I, happen. I, it's coming. I mean, great things have happened, um, but even better things are coming. I I measure success by my happiness. Oh. I mean, not in this moment. I'm not. I mean, I'm not 100 percent happy. But like, who's ever 100 percent happy? Not me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think that's. I think that's everyone. But i'm just very happy that i followed a path that i i really love and i think if i was a police officer right now i would hate my life (laughs) i mean i think that's genuinely fantastic i think yeah i in the last two years the the number one lesson that i've learned is that happiness and health are the only two things that matter in life and Mm -hmm. they come from within right external validation and any sort of credit or anything from an external source while in the moment we'll feel great, but over mm-hmm. the long run of life, happiness and health are really the only two things that you can really count on to have a yeah. meaningful impact on your life. Right, right. I mean, I know I'm always going to be making money. It comes and goes. That's how I, it is as an artist. So I kind of, um, I have my moments where I'm just like, like I guess it's anxiety and just um, being anxious of like, all right, like when's the next job? Like I have rent to pay. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So um i forgot what your other question was 
I don't, I feel like I didn't answer it cause I was just like writing on, but I'm sorry. Continue. No, I think you're good. Um, my, uh, when you talk about like the important things in life, like health and happiness, like obviously like my fears creep up into that and like my anxieties about like being successful or not. Um, yeah. what are you afraid of? And like, how do you mitigate those feelings of fear and like let them <laughs> detract from what you've got? Going um, on? all honesty, I tried to say this, but afraid of fucking going broke. Yeah. I feel that. <laughs> that's, that's, that's what it, I'll be fucking straight honest with you. It's, Afraid of growing, growing, afraid, afraid of going broke. Um, it's a struggle out of here as an artist, and and this industry alone is is really really tough. It's it's really not easy. Um, like I said, if if you're not having three jobs in New York City, are you really living a New York City life? No. Well, you, maybe job. you are, but your your mom or dad are paying <laughs> your rent. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's all it's all it's all. No, I'm not saying you. I'm saying other people. Yeah. In general. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I understand. For a second, I'm like, wait. I'm like, no, he's not talking about me. (laughs) Yeah, no. I find my, I I find my ways. I find my ways, but, um, what was the question again, John? How do you, that's okay. How do you handle like your fears and like, okay. You know, you, you're. Meditate. Okay. Sorry. Meditate. And we do that every day, like 10 minutes. I tried to, I meditated twice yesterday because I was just not. Honestly, I was not well. Right now, I have my crystals all around me. I have my sage and my incense going. Sage saved me in a, a wine spill earlier, but so I appreciate that. Um, <laughs> but I'm, I am a big fan of meditation and and uh, taking time out to like I'm super focused like when on on doing meditation and like today I took like a almost two hour like walk around town, shot a roll of Portra just to like kind of uh-huh. get my mind right because. You know, the world's a fucking shit show. It's like an, it's a terrible time to be alive. Yeah. And I joke and say that mm-hmm. often, but it's like a lot. <laughs> it's very heavy. And like today I needed to like detach myself from my phone, from the TV, from life and just like get out of my headspace and like create yeah. some room for myself and some breath. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, um, yeah, I, I'm just like, I have a lot of, I guess, love for humanity or very sensitive to humanity and when it's just like you know the shit going on right now i'm just like i'm so tired i'm just like how do how do people just go and just fucking do this i'm just i'm exhausted i feel that and i was on my phone and i'm just like i can't just like through it i was like i can't do this i have no emotional stamina for this right now yeah like anyone does yeah i totally feel that um yeah I think what's, you know, it's cool how, like, in my opinion, you know, uh, online friends turn into real life friends. Um, and for me, the sort of community that I've been able to cultivate online has become some of my greatest inspirations when it comes to, like, wanting to go out and make work, right? So, like, when I mm-hmm. see Jess made a sale today, that, like, fucking hypes me up. When I see, you know, like, I, I bought one of my, our friend Miles' editions today. Like, he was so over the moon about that. Like, all these oh, things that happen, yeah. like, inspire me to go create my own shit. Um, what inspires you to, to make photos, to go pick up a camera, to go direct something, etc.? Like, what inspires you? Um... So funny when people ask me this, I'm like, deep down, I kind of don't like the question, but at the same time, like I, I think like I'm, this is not corny, but I think I'm my biggest inspiration. I think that's not corny. My life, my life is, is my biggest inspiration. This is why I go out and shoot is because 
again, like I want to make memories of my life because my, our, you know, our lives are, are art. Life is art of like what you go through, if it's bad, if it's good. So, um, I mean, photographers, yeah, I have inspiration, like Alessio Albi, Stuart Weinkoff, great photographers. Um, I think this uh, Brooke, forgot, I don't know how to say her last name, but I saw her stuff in a museum a couple of months ago. She's phenomenal. I think Brooke D, it's like D Donato or something like that. Um, hey, pass on. <laughs> Arnold, <laughs> Arnold Daniel, he's a street photographer. He's really good. Um, that's a big inspiration now, you know, transitioning from Long Island to here. Uh, now I'm doing a lot of street stuff and not portraiture which i i want to get back into more portraiture but um yeah i guess that's those are my inspirations that's cool um how do you deal with the regret in life um i asked that because i i've been doing a lot of journaling lately talking about talking about writing about <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. about like my past right because i think like whenever so i i sort of feel like i'm on the cusp of all of my dreams coming true and everything that i've been working for the last two years to come to fruition. So when I think about that and the place that I'm in, in my life, it's very easy for me to get nostalgic and look back. Right. So I mm-hmm. start thinking about things that I regret or things that hurt me or trauma and past bad experiences. And mm-hmm. I let that stuff sort of fuel me to continue on. Right. Yes. Um, correct. But how do you deal with regret? I'm going to be honest. I don't have many regrets besides one in my mm. life. And that is wishing that I put my foot down earlier of wanting to go down that certain path. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, age doesn't matter if you're successful or like what you want to do, like who gives a shit. And sometimes in the industry, people want, you know, younger people mm-hmm. and kind of like if someone gets older, they're like, all right, like, you reach this age point and then they're like, we need someone younger, which kind of fucking sucks. And I don't think age, um, or talent, age proves talent or something. You know what I mean? Yeah. Talent proves age. Exactly. So I think that's the only regret I really have. And I don't really look back in my past too much wow. besides of my dark days. It, it happened. I can't do anything about it. And, it's made me in this position that I'm at today right now. I mean, that's wildly impressive. Um, that's like a highly positive mental outlook that I would imagine is not common amongst most human beings. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? The, the, yeah. the, just the ability to transform trauma into power is a super skill, right? Like that's something that not a lot of people have to be able to like put behind them and leave there. Um, yeah. a lot of times trauma is ever present and ever rearing its ugly head. Right. So for mm-hmm. you to like be very cognizant of the fact that this trauma exists and it's way back there and I don't even fucking think about it anymore is incredible. There's, um, there's certain traumas that I still have in my brain every single day. Um, I'm still dealing with it. Mm-hmm. Um, currently trying to find a therapist at the moment. Oh, love therapy big therapist and man. uh yeah i definitely i need i need to go back um 100 also to deal with this project that i'm moving forward with so it's i'm gonna put it out there eventually but i have to take care of some shit first yeah. personal shit uh, to do it the right way my way and yeah i mean other stuff i mean i really I mean, recently I've had like some serious fucking traumas like added to my family shit, mm-hmm. but 
again, it is what it is. Like, this sounds very spiritual, but I was put here into this family for a reason to realize some stuff about myself or my life. I believe that. So I have to just, you know, deal with it in a healthy way. I love that. That's incredible. Yeah. I think, I think it's very easy to take shit like that in turtle shell and hide from it. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. I give you lots of credit for being very, uh, understanding of your place in that and being able to, you know, positively impact that situation. I think that's, yeah, that's pretty awesome. Mm -hmm. It's past. Is past. Yeah. It's, it's funny yeah. though, because it's in a lot of ways for most people, it's not right. Like yeah. the past Don't plays hold on it. To it. Yeah. It's not easy to let things go. Like I wouldn't be in the position I am today if it weren't for, you know, all of the shit that I've dealt with in my right. past. Right. Mm-hmm. And it, to some extent, a lot of that, like losing your job in the pandemic and like everything that I identified as myself was incredibly traumatic. Right. Yeah. But like through all of that negativity and trauma, like I found myself. It's like a rewarding yeah. experience. And I think there are sure. like two sort of ways that you can take trauma as like an anchor and a weight that will weigh you down for the rest of your life or as like something to propel you forward, right? Cut the cord and, and move on. Yeah. You just, exactly what you said, you hit it on the head, the nail on the head. <laughs> it, it would almost be as if I talk about this quite a bit on a podcast (laughs) (laughs) you're a good you're a good you're a good host (laughs) thanks um you're welcome one of the common uh, recurring themes of this show is how from a young age i very much felt like the entirety of my life was planned out ahead of me right i had to go to high school Mm -hmm. get good grades go to college where was i going to be five years after college and what job was i going to have so i could be making a fuckload of money so i could get the nice car the nice house the nice watch yeah Mm-hmm. And I sort of eschewed all that because I figured out none of that fucking matters. No. Um, when you look at your life and where you are today, do you look forward? Do you look like where are you going to be in five years? Do you have a plan, hopes, dreams, etc. for your future? Yeah. Um, hopefully I'm, I'm traveling the world with an artist, like I said, documenting. Um, I still manifest one day that I'm going to be fucking rich and spread the love. <laughs> love that. Um like I said before, situations are temporary mm-hmm. in our lives. Um, I mean, right now I'm, I'm living like I'm currently living my dream, but it's, it's, it's all just going to go up from here. And in, in my opinion, I just, again, I feel a force coming or something big is coming. Um, I actually recently just got invited to NFT NYC. Dude. Um, not the actual conference, a gallery. Okay. So my work is, you know, my work. Fuck it's the a, conference. No. Yeah, that's all right. Dude, that's amazing. Um, so the gallery, yeah, we you can upload three photos and it's hosted by time and time is not taking any percentage. Dude. So I saw Joe's this on Twitter. It. Yeah, Alex Mack is in it. So I got the call out of state last week or like this weekend. I cried. Jess, that's fucking I, amazing. I'm so happy for you. I just I don't I don't know. It's it's like what the hell's life right now. What does it's that feel like? Amazing. I I cried. Yeah, it was great. Tears like, of happiness. Later, I hope, right? Yeah. Ten minutes <laughs> later, I'm just like cleaning the dishes and shit. But like the week before, <laughs> the week before that, I was working at a studio. I do so much freelance; it's ridiculous. So I work at the studio for studio assisting. I'm fucking painting Sykes, a thirty foot Syke, and then a week later, I'm like getting invited to be in a gallery, which is I mean insane. a huge fucking gallery. 
yeah, NFT NYC, it's by time. That's insane. Yeah. That's, and I thank Joe for that. Um, bagel Joe, plain, plain Joe. <laughs> if he hears this, he's going to be so mad at me. <laughs> I always forget, I always forget how to pronounce Joe's last name. Um, I always say cardamom, like the spice. Yeah. In my head, but he probably doesn't appreciate that. <laughs> I mean, dude, that is fucking amazing. And I love that for you. I'm so, so happy and proud for you. Thank you. I appreciate that a lot. That's incredible. Holy shit, man. I mean, like, yeah, I feel like that is a monumental experience in your career. Yeah. I'm just like, I don't even know what to even say or think. It's just, I think this is one of the biggest things that's ever happened to me Yeah, so far. And, you know, being again, only six years into this, it's, uh, I'm very impressed with myself and I can't believe this is happening. So I'm very honored to even be a part of it. So, I mean, I'm so, so happy for you. That's fucking so dope. And it yeah. lends itself so perfectly to my next question for you, because mm. I would imagine this has got to be up there, but like, what are you most proud of when you look back at your career and what you've accomplished so far? My growth. Oh, proud of my growth you know when you pick up a camera you look at those archives from 2000 whatever and then the photos you're taking today it's like damn like of course if you actually stick to something that you love you're going to improve no matter what mm-hmm. so um i'm just i just love that i saw my growth happening as the years went on and now not liking certain stuff if i used to take and growing it to something even better dude i love that that's incredible. That's yeah. not what I'm most proud of. And it's probably not in my top <laughs> five. But genuinely, like, I like I, I don't even know what I'm most proud of when I look back at, like, what I've accomplished in the last few years. I, 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 I have a hard time turning off, like, capital John or capitalistic John or capitalism John, whatever I want to denote that as. Because, like, mm-hmm. to me, all of my life successes are centered around financials. So, like, mm-hmm. breaking that mindset of comfortability versus excess versus like opportunity and what I'm doing, that is how I need to reframe success. Right. And how I need to dictate what I'm proud of. Like last week I shot a album release party for this artist who's fucking incredible. And like, I'm, I'm sitting there taking pictures. I've got my best friend with me. She's loving the show. I'm fucking running around taking pictures like a madman and like I, I stopped after my first whatever it was four or five songs, and like I got a drink from the bar, and I was like, "Holy shit! Like this is my life! Like this is mm-hmm. what I get to do." Isn't it crazy? It's amazing, and you know what? It's, it's it's just one of those pinch me moments where when expectations and realities meet, and like the yeah. thing that you've always wanted to be doing with your life is happening before you. It's a very surreal sort of out of body moment because it Mm -hmm. almost it's like life affirming right you like catch yourself Mm -hmm. doing the thing that you've been wanting and trying to do for so long and you're doing it Mm -hmm. yeah it's crazy and when you had like so much pressure on you like growing up to be something else is just more of like i don't want to fucking do this yeah so i was i'm very lucky my support system and my family have unequivocally supported me throughout everything of I've had a million jobs not a million but like I've had a few jobs and a few industries (laughs) and like they've been like do what you want to do to make you happy and they've fully embraced this chaotic life that I have manifested for myself yeah because they know it's what I'm meant to do right like when they see me or hear me talk about the thing that I'm doing they know that it's it 
I've never talked mm-hmm. about fucking doing sales for a professional sports team and been like, yeah, oh my God, I sold a suite today. It was so good, mom. Like, are you proud of me? <laughs> yeah, no, it's totally different. That's so funny. Um, that's really great that you have that uh, behind you. When I talk to it with my family, they have no fucking clue. I try to explain to them and they're just like not interested because like they don't really know. So I'm just like, fuck me. Who am I going to tell? Yeah. So well, you've got a, you've got a significant other you've got good friends and I'm sure yeah. at the end of the day, everyone is happy that you're fucking crushing it. Fucking NFT NYC time. I mean, gallery by time. Yeah. Thanks man. I appreciate it. Um, Great news. That's fucking awesome. No, but like at the end of the day, like one of the things that I think about a lot in life is how so many people are afraid to live the, their life the way they want to. And they're impacted Mm -hmm. by social media and society and what they think they're able to do and what they're not able to do. And at the end of the day, you're living your best life, right? Whether you are as financially successful today as you will be a year from now, maybe, maybe not, right? Like there are Mm -hmm. a million obstacles that you can face in your life, but you at the end of the day are living your best life because you're able to create the things that you want to create and you're able to like go to bed happy and wake up happy. Yeah, I have my days, but... Overall, yeah. yes. Yeah. Happy with uh, what my life has become. Yeah. I was gonna say I was gonna say something. I don't know, but it'll, <laughs> it'll, <forward. laughs> it'll come back to you. It'll come back. I always have these brain farts. I don't know why. Um, I would imagine it's due to lack of wine or booze, but unsure. Um, I like to spend the last bit of every podcast doing a sort of Q and A. Some are mm-hmm. super easy. Some are very hard. Um, feel free to give a couple answers, multiple answers, just sort of whatever pops into your head. My first okay. question is, what is your favorite book? <sighs> I don't read a lot. Oh, <laughs> 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 uh, my favorite book. You know what? The favorite, my favorite series of books that I've read, um, The Hunger Games is pretty crazy. Oh yeah, books the Hunger are, Games is wild. The books are a billion times better than the movies. Oh yeah, very I mean, gory, more sh- bloody. Dude, the movies are terrible. Yeah, they're. I'm just like, they'll make this another twenty years and make it like even, <laughs> hopefully rated R. Yeah, so bad. But uh, yeah, I I can't. Sometimes when I read, I either fall asleep if it's not interesting, or B, I do go and pick up something else because ADHD. Dude, I do the same thing, and that's why I read a nonfiction and fiction book at the same time. So when I get bored with one, I can oh pick up something else, and it's like. <laughs> My ADHD <laughs> brain can tolerate reading oh, that man. way. <laughs> um, what's your uh, favorite movie? Oof. Oh, my favorite movie is Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. No way! What a what an amazing choice. It's a great movie. That uh, is like visually yeah, is. a fucking awesome movie. Yeah, I think it didn't do too good in the box office. It was an independent film, but the editors are. It's one of My those, God. I actually saw this on a list recently of the most underperforming uh, box, off mo- box office movies that has done incredible on streaming. Like it's, mm-hmm. it crushes it on streaming because it's just one of those movies where, you know, it's, it's not, sick. it's so good. It's so good. That's so funny. Um, yeah, I love that movie. No, it's so good. It's so good. I love the movie so good. Yeah, it's so good. Um, what's your favorite TV show? Uh, Euphoria. Oh yeah, that's a good one. Another insanely beautifully shot show. I have the books, actually. Um, I don't know if you know this, but A twenty four sold yeah each each book 
in the um, episode order explaining the script and like behind the scenes stuff and storyboards and I, I like I haven't read through all of them but it's a great show because I, I relate to it a lot of what I've dealt with and it's whoo it's heavy on the heart and it's beautifully done I have DM'd their DP oh, so did I. a hundred times. <laughs> Marcel Rev. Marcel Rev. He is, he is a visionary. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, he's amazing. I was like, I will get you coffee. I will fly myself to California, bro. I just want to <laughs> learn from you. And yeah, I want to learn from Stuart Weinkoff. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's just incredible. It's just such a wonderfully shot movie. And it's, yeah, it's just so good. Um, it's really good. It's. It's, it, I can talk I, for hours. I think the my biggest issue with the show is the second season story was was weak, but it was still f- visually beautiful. Um, I see. Wh- I see why. Um, we won't go deep into it. I did hear a lot about it, and me being a big fan, obviously, it was like, no, blah blah, <laughs> you're wrong. Shut up, whatever. But I think they they wanted to go even more emotional route for for Rue and Jules. Stuff just like fading apart, and what happens actually in like real life. Yeah, and people kind of want to see like partying and fighting and blah blah blah, and like I'm talking strict, like strictly story. It's sem- It's it was a little bit too fragmented for me. Like they okay didn't like the the storylines in which they're like trying to tell. Like there's twenty of them parallel, and mm-hmm. I I just think when you look at the way in which they attempted to sort of tie that season in a bow. It didn't work. I think they mm. the whole thing with the tall dude and his dad was a bizarre un- underdeveloped storyline. I thought it was. I thought it was great. It was good. It was very so good. Great. I thought it was underdeveloped. It's weird as shit. No, it's it's weird. It's it's honestly it's weird and it's it's honest. It, it'd be uncomfortable, but like. I think that I think they left a lot of that underdeveloped because it'll be a, f- a main focal point for the next season. You know just how Probably. it ended. Um, yeah. But yeah, it is it's a wonderful show and it gets its due credit for sure. Yeah. Um, the, there's some stuff they left out they should have proceeded, especially um uh what the hell is his name? Oh, Cassie's ex. Oh my god, I forgot his name. Oh, uh, the football player. Yeah, uh, um, McKay. McKay, yeah. They should have went down another story line with him when he basically got like sexually assaulted oh. by those dudes. Yeah. They should have. They should have didn't proceeded that. that route, wow. and they just ignored it. They didn't. They didn't like. Wow. So yeah, yeah. It's I good. think that's one. That was one issue. It's beautiful. Um, what is your favorite food? That's a great question. Um, Italian. Nice. Any specific dishes? <sighs> My homemade sauce. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. Any secrets? Um. It's just. Garlic oil, onion, red wine, yes. pepper. Yeah. Okay. An onion, a carrot, and just stir that bitch up. I have one little secret for you. Okay. That I'm going to give you when we end this podcast so everyone wonders. <laughs> <laughs> there is another, I mean, there might be more secrets, but I, I want to keep on this. It's a family <laughs> recipe, dog, you know? I love that. Um, <laughs> are you in love? I am. Oh, love that. My uh, girl. Do you believe in an afterlife? Oh yeah, hundred percent. Oh, love that as well. Two hundred percent. What is the best piece of advice someone's ever given you? Um, 
everything is temporary. Mm, that's very good. Mm. Very, very good. Mostly. 99.9%. What is your best piece of advice for someone hearing you on this podcast for the first time? Nothing matters. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, or everything matters, right? <laughs> Nothing fucking matters. <laughs> um. Can you repeat the question again? <laughs> <laughs> what is your best piece of advice for someone hearing you for the first time? Um, just do what you love. Fuck yeah. everyone else. Love that. Um, put your heart and your soul into something you really love, and you will not be disappointed in the outcome. A fucking man. Last question. Mm. Give me a recommendation for something that you've recently consumed. Could be a book, a podcast, TV show, movie, just something that you've recently enjoyed that you think everyone should check out. Love Death and Robots on Netflix. Oh, now I have not watched it. The last episode was insane. Have you ever watched any of the seasons? No. Oh, it's oh my god! It's all these animators from like all over the world, and it's like ten to seven, seventeen minute just short films, and it's all and everything is animated. That's cool. It's like different kinds of animation. If you like, if you like anime and like stuff like that, like cartoon, this is for you. It's the first season's really good. The second season's okay. The third season was okay, but the last episode of the third season is so fucking good. Nice. I'll check that it'll out. Tri- it'll trip you out. It's so cool. <laughs> nice. So cool. Um, my recommendation is not a new movie, but it's called A Big Year or The Big Year. It's with Jack Black, Steve Martin, and uh, wow, what's his name? Wow. Oh, uh, Owen Wilson. And Owen Wilson. <laughs> 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 it's the three what of them is, and it's about is, it's about bird watching wow and uh oh my God. taking and like having a big year and like watching birds and documenting how many birds you see in a year and it's just one of those feel-good not rom-coms but like sort of like com-roms movies that just make you feel good after you're done watching it and it's just an enjoyable thing it's free on hulu and i think everyone What's should it check called? it out uh, uh, a big year or the big year a big year. A big year. And the it's big year. The big year. 2011? Yeah. 2011. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, gotcha. Got the uh, old John Pachuto stamp of approval. Um, nice. Jess, uh, thank you so much for spending this hour with me. I am just such a huge fan of you as a human being, and I'm so excited for all that you have to come in your future Thanks, and in your career. I have a very cheesy line. If you've been on my podcast, you're part of my family. So welcome to the family. I love you Ooh. very much. And I'm a big fan of you. And thank you so, so, so much for coming on. Thank you for having me here, John. It's been a pleasure. Great conversation. Um, this was very easygoing. I thought I was going to be stressed the fuck out. But it was. Uh, this was lovely. And I can't wait to hear more of the artists on this podcast. Oh, that's great. Thanks so much, Jess. Take care. All right.